guys. Uh, Hi, everyone. Back to French fashion. Um, so what do you think of Nathalie Cantin? Um, yeah, it was a wonderful read. Harrison, Harrison had the great idea uh, for this, this episode to try something a little bit of out, out of our usual uh, comfort zone, certainly out of, out of our repertoire so far. And we've um, read some literature. Um, and I, of course, feel somewhat uh, underqualified. It's been really refreshing to read. I mean, after just like literature months of, I don't know, kind of raw political history in this very I mean, and I read lit- like little literature, <laughs> you know, in my like day job research work. Sure. Um, and I haven't really read m- much literature in a while, to be honest. We had planned life. to start the sort of fall 2022 season with this like 700 page, <laughs> page <laughs> door stopper sort of Which I've history almost finished. of the, the French left. <laughs> and I was sort of like in like late August, I was just sort of treading water through it and just like, I can't read any more of this. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it has been a really nice break, just from sort of mm. kind of intense... Political journalism, sort of... Which is your job. Like, history, <laughs> sort of... Um, I don't know. But basically, just, I mean, we've also just been going over sort of the historiography of, like, the Socialist Party and, like, I don't know, the sociology of, like, Northern France and the Communist Party and the rise of the far right. Over and right. over again. Uh, so, yeah, we... we we've so, this week, poetry this week... And, and this episode, yeah, this episode we ventured into literature and... And poetry. But I guess it did turn out to be kind of timely. I mean, in, I think, was it, yeah, in late October or yeah, mid-October, you had Annie Elno, who won the, the Nobel Prize in Literature. And I guess I'm sure you guys have heard of, like, heard of Annie Elno and heard that she won the prize and uh, may know something about her, her writing. But basically, she's, I don't know, one of the leading, I guess, French, like, autofiction writers. Mm. Which means, so, sort of, it's a style of, I don't know, just contemporary literature in general, I would say. I think it seems to me like has a particularly sort of strong or sort of French variant to yes, it as well. Um, or there is a certain sort of French style. We of, did uh, Eribon would be another example yeah. of this. If if there are any any listeners of whatever episode that I was. I think that was yeah, episode there. like October last year basically. Uh, but so long story short, um I don't know, so auto fiction is especially in sort of any I'll know and I think also with Natalie Canten as well. Who is uh, the subject of our of episode today. The, yeah, the, the episode today. Uh, um, autofiction sort of merges, I don't know, sort of memoir. Um, archive. Sort of, uh, some sort of yeah, archival um, sort of... Biography, obviously. Biography. Um, kind of critical there, self-reflection and like critical... Absolutely, yeah, Kind yeah. of theorizing at points, at least with Eribon, not so much with Canten. Canten, I think, is very much part of that current. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not going to do a full. We're not going to do a French auto critique genre of auto critique episode. We're no. we're going to focus on Nathalie Canten. Nathalie Canten, um, and in particular, three books that she wrote, which we'll get onto. But first, I think maybe if you want to say say a word about about who who this p- poet writer sure writer um, is. I guess what she was born in 1964, I believe. So she's, yeah, 58 years old. Uh, I guess she grew up sort of in the Paris area in the suburbs, uh, 
north of the city, passed the, the test to become a teacher, studied literature, and has been a teacher uh, in, I guess, French secondary schools, high schools, middle schools, um, for her adult life. life. Yeah, professional life. Um, but she grew up, or sort of now lives in the southeast in sort of a rural, uh, sort of rural region, I don't know, north of Marseille or Aix, uh, in the southeast in France. It also so, appears in her books, and she right. refers to it as D. Inverted sure, she D, doesn't, yeah, doesn't say no, the name, and no, so we'll yeah. leave it that way. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and I guess just maybe just a quick thing about her style and sort of what she writes. She is, I guess, a poet. Um, I guess that was maybe the, sort of the first sort of books that she was writing. In the That's 90s, the milieu she's out yeah, of, yeah. isn't she? She's a um, but a very sort of like prose <clears throat> sort of style, sort of almost like prose poetry essays that kind of, uh, they yeah, merge sort of memoir, um, biography, um, historical sort of archival work. Um, Kenton's books that we read for this episode, we have three. Uh, the first is called Tomatoes. It came out, I think, in 2010. It was actually just recently re- translated into English mm-hmm. uh, and was actually just re-released in France in a new format a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, actually. Uh, and so basically it's... It's, it's a story of radicalization. story of radicalization. It's based around this this sort of... Her her kind of response, I guess, to this big affair at the time, sure, which was scandal. called the scandal at the time, um, called the Tarnak Affair, which we'll get on to. Yeah. And then the second book, uh, the 2010s, or the, the, the tens, yeah. um <clears throat> published in 2014. It's sort of a series of political essays, basically, um, in not her usual publishers, in a publisher called uh, um, La Fabrique, La Fabrique yeah. which sort of, I don't know, deals with actual political thinkers, you know, actually does readings of political thinkers and, and, and is one of her less poetic texts, I guess. Sure. We could put it that way. And then the final one is The Cavalier, published in 2021, which, um, the object of which is this uh, commune, basically, that took place in the town where she lives and that certain older teachers that she know, knew participated in, and a sort of excavation of this and the experience that it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a historical sort of essay as yeah. well, I think, or a historical poem almost. Yeah. Um, no, so I suppose the logic of reading these three books is that there is somewhat... Of a, of a political and historical arc within them that they are intellectual expressions of, um, <clears throat> which sort of, you know, we w- which we might call the, the arc of the long 2010s, the 2010s, uh, which obviously starts with, you know, the financial crash, and we can say ends with COVID to a certain extent. All, all three of them sort of express certain moments in that kind of period of sort of, the radicalization of the first book and then the kind of trying to deal with political questions uh, uh, and impasses of the second book and the kind of excavation of backlash that that causes. Um, and that obviously follows, is, is parallel to a historical arc, to, to, a, the, to the political arc of, of that period, which is, you know, this sort of new kind of space of organising left-wing politics after the crash, then the kind of impasses the failures the defeats and you know the backlash which we sort of in many ways going through now um and i don't uh, i think uh, i think that that's 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 sort of what what you need to know for the general context uh in which these books and uh, are inscribed really we haven't really actually dealt with sort of kind of the kind of 
insurrectionary tradition or whatever the radical oh you mean here on french bashing we haven't dealt with them yet yeah 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 yeah. Um, and i think natalie canton just as a writer i think that we like about her is that she's a really interesting sort of way to discuss the subject sure there is sort of this Mm. historical trajectory or whatever but just as a writer um she sort of brings together i think sort of the experience of sort of i don't know the 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 Contemporary French radicalism in a way that's yeah. uh, compelling or just an interesting sort of entry point. Yeah, and I think um, part of the reason why, in many ways, she does embody that um, is because there's a sort of filiation in between her writing. There's a sort of filiation in between her and the the kind of main dominant libertarian communist kind of intellectual culture radical culture in france at the moment which is referred to as appellisme or ticonism um which uh it, it comes from the committee the, the invisible committee uh and ticun which was this journal uh back in the day well back in the back in the uh noughties but that sort of gave rise to the dominant, what we call like black block sort of anti-fascist culture today in France. And the big affair that launched all of that, you know, because they'd written that these uh, uh, the books associated with the Invisible Committee, if you don't know, are The Coming Insurrection, which is translated into English. And I'm not sure if the other two were, but it's uh, Now, Maintenant and... Like To Our Friends. And, yeah, and was was the second one and then Maintenant. Um, so in 2008... I think it was the Tarnak affair, which is what sort of Tomat, you know, starts with um, Nathalie Quintan trying, wanting to grow her own tomatoes. Right. And that's a sort of her entry point into how she's been affected by this Tarnak affair. Uh, do you want to explain sure, what think, that was? So basically you had, I know, a group of of left-wing uh, like activists and, and writers, intellectuals. intellectuals who I don't know, lived in this part of sort of south central sort of, in a sort of um, France in an area which also just has a history of being heavily associated with sort of the alter globalization movement, mm-hmm. um, and so basically um, they got sort of on completely sort of spurious charges. They got associated or they got arrested for terrorism. You know, to sabotage a train line, yeah, to yeah. do something like that. And, you know, a lot of the kind of uh, credibility of the accusation was based on exactly. lines in the coming insurrection where right. they say that, you know, you need to know where infrastructure is so that, you know, that's where the capital so flows, you, that's yeah. where the things move, you need yeah. to know where that is. And, you know, there is a line in the coming insurrection where they're like, you know, you, you know, uh, blowing, you know, like sabotaging a TGV line is, you know, potentially more impactful than XYZ, other sure, thing. Sure. And that was obviously used sure. against them. But anyway, they were, you know, detained. And, you know, it, it was all very kind of, I mean, not farcical isn't the right word, but it was, it was like very um, spurious charges, like you say, and sort of detained and treated badly and kind of, you know. Which were really only finally dropped in the, like sort of three or three years ago, two years ago, I want to say. Yeah. I mean, very recently. So, the, I mean, the legal proceedings against like mm-hmm. these people like went on for yeah. quite a while. And it became one of the major scandals yeah. of sort of Zarkozy's presidency. Yeah. Um, and so for Natalie Canton, I guess this, she, I guess this is sort of the backdrop of 
what she's discussing throughout this book, which is also sort of paired with sort of her, I guess, experience of political radicalization uh, yeah. set against this backdrop of, I guess you have a, the French state arresting writers and Kansan's a really just like enjoyable writer mm. in a lot of respects and just playful, playful, very funny. Um, and I guess the opening metaphor is she's sort of describing uh, wanting to grow, I guess, her own tomatoes. Her own tomatoes. She lives in the countryside. Um, she so basically she goes through all these processes like she wants to sort of use some sort of kind of homemade uh, recipe for sort of fertilizers uh she has this really funny bit where she basically transcribes in the law that makes distributing a recipe for homemade fertilizers illegal yeah in like the late 80s early 90s yeah, yeah. there was some law that was made to sort well she reached she out- sort of there's all these obstacles to her growing her own tomatoes right, basically right. and the the, the the growing her own tomatoes is this desire for autonomy right and you know i mean a lot of the way the book starts is you know all this talk about like what is fascism right you know because she's you know what's this that's going on these people just been like detained for writing i mean like you know there was this whole thing that they're not the it's an anonymous book you know it's mm. written by the invisible committee in inverted commas not julien Coupard or whoever else was arrested who was arrested mm. Mm. um and these obstacles to growing the tomatoes i mean like you know there's this i don't know whether we should reveal the ending but you know of that i mean there's no real ending to the book you know i think this is something that's important to state is that her style is kind of very anti-narrative sure you know sort of seemingly disconnected vignettes as well yeah Um, flowing from one kind of scene to another without any kind of explanation or like paragraph change she talks a lot about this because she was she, I don't know, she had, by, by this point in her career, she had maybe seven or eight or, I mean, several books were asked. She was mm. a pretty established yeah, yeah, yeah. writer and poet. She describes all these sort of, like, literary conferences she yeah, goes to. Yeah. <laughs> um, one that was, on, like, in Mallorca. Um, I think it was in Mallorca or on some Spanish, like, on a Spanish yeah, island. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. I don't know, she just, like, she describes sort of one of the, one of the sort of requirements for being one of the invited writers to speak at this sort of uh, convention was to visit the home of... Some Spanish poet who's the like I don't mm. know, the, the the like patron poet or whatever of this yeah, island, yeah. Um, and she basically I, I tried to look into the history of I don't I don't have his name in front of me but I tried to look into this history I think he was maybe a sort of conservative or traditionalist <laughs> poet uh, like during like the Spanish Civil War mm. and she describes sort of visiting his house and sort of walking into the poet's mm. like you know how they have like. Balzac's house in Paris and they had this poet's house on this island and she describes sort of walking around the house and the setting as sort of falling back sort of and describing the world as sort of fascism mm. and you even have the sort of lady who ran the house sort of who was sort of at the museum mm. um, sort of telling kids to like not touch sort of certain objects in the room mm. um, I mean I don't know we can't really do it justice mm. but um, basically yeah. her, her style is extremely fleeting um, almost evasive, very, I mean, it's sort of cautious, like she... The book is dealing, I think, you know, with the sort of cracks in this closed field of possibility. You know, there's some cracks now. Mm-hmm. Tarnak affair, mm-hmm. 2008 crash, mm-hmm. you know. And, but it, do, it, you know, it doesn't, it can't 
romanticize mm. these cracks and it's fully aware that they are just cracks if that kind of thing mm. and you know it's sort of exemplified by the ending of the growing tomatoes story which is kind of interspersed throughout all this other stuff in, mm. in the book i mean this is a short book it's like a what 130 pages long or something mm-hmm. um and it ends with her finally having to go to the supermarket to buy the seeds right. that she needs to grow her own tomatoes yeah. and you know it stays and in she, that, she it did... stays in that aporia the whole the, the book itself sort sure. of stays in that aporia and so i mean the metaphor she uses to describe that i mean again we can't really do actually justice rule sounds mm. sort of silly to say mm. and she sort of compares her sort of choice and this is at i think the end of maybe the second or third sort of brief vignettes mm. um, ends with her sort of comparing her decision to buy the sort of commercial seeds with the average sort of socialist party voter who <laughs> keeps voting for the socialist party but then sort of starts to slowly it's wonder the... if it really means anything yeah, and yeah. Something, <laughs> something else um and yeah i think that's that's the sort of you know that that probably get allows us to segue into the the 10 the year the 10 sure. Uh, her book from 2014, which is sort of a collection of pretty disconnected essays. Yeah, um, but like more directly her... political. Absolutely. The deal yeah. with, you know, there's like questions on what is the people, sure. you know. It's interesting. I mean, this is a debate she carries on from Tomatoes, actually, where there's an extended sort of mm. kind of end note yeah, um, yeah, yeah, in yeah. Tomatoes, which is about sort of the 2005 uprising, mm. basically, in the French suburbs when yeah. you had... So it was two... Two young boys uh, were, like, being chased by the police and they were killed in the process of this sort of uh, pursuit. And that yeah. set off a sort of national riots in the... What we can call for ge- geographical reasons the suburbs in English, but are the equivalent of the inner city. It's the sure. sort of area, the sort of working-class areas where all the immigrants settled yeah. uh, uh that are on the outskirts of most a lot of French cities. And um, in, I guess, the 2010s and in Tomatoes, she has this very strange sort of letter exchange with, with a, I guess, a French kind of mm. writer or something, mm. uh, Jean-Paul Cunier or something, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, about sort of the political nature of... Yeah, 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 and it yeah. sort of feels dated, let's be honest. It feels like, dated now. Uh, now yeah. it feels dated. Like because we've had various other insurrections all over the place. And it... The, the, I mean... Few leftists today would deny that the riots in 2005 were an uprising. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is basically the debate. Canton which So Canton the won the debate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I suppose what's, what's interesting or, what I don't know, like representative or whatever uh, of the book from 2014, which is called The 2010s, confusingly, <laughs> for our discussion, um, is that it starts with this quite, I mean, strange, like sort of strange, um, sort of captivating chapter or essay where she imagines Marine Le Pen uh, visiting the small town that she's in, that yeah. she lives in and sort of going down the high street and going into the shops yeah. and saying hello and going to see the baker <laughs> and like all this stuff and like what she would think of the people she would meet right and you know that's like and the narration bleeds between i guess canton's perspective on the visit and yeah. basically marine le pen first person yeah. sort of yeah. walking through these, yeah. these shops and um sort of doing her whole sort of yeah. dance yeah yeah um, yeah and there's just some really funny bits in that but um <laughs> And I suppose that's sort of 
you know, that's what she was thinking about in 2014. Was think, the rise of Marine Le Pen, you know, more than any it's one thing she was more, about, yeah, but yeah. more than any concrete leftist rise of things because there was the uprising in the banlieue, but that was in 2005 yeah. and that's over, you know. Um, three of the essays, um, are about what, what is a people, yeah. how do we talk about the people, and the essay, particularly, that I really liked just because the beginning is like. Just like really, like her, she's sort of like enjoying herself with this. It's called prepositions, and she starts the essay mm. with trying to figure out the meaning of using a preposition with the word people. So with the people, for the people, mm. uh, about the people, and all this stuff. And she sort of like goes through that, and it's like I enjoyed mm. it a lot. I mean, what else do you see in 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 the twenty tens? Like, is <clears throat> I think she's she's also clearly just studying a lot and yeah, in yeah. a certain I think yeah. period of her maybe her and this yeah. is obviously sort of speculation mm. on our behalf but I think what you see in the, this essay is really she is kind of feverish and she is yeah. excited about politics and she is sort of I mean this is she's come further I guess you could say on her sort of radicalization or yeah. politicization or whatever you want to call it than Tomat and she's I mean reading political history she's yeah. reading and she's sociology. also writing she's doing readings of these <clears throat> these sort of like texts sure, these yeah. political texts or like texts by political writers mm -hmm. uh, from the past you know Michelet, Peggy and like people like that you know she's sitting down and doing readings of these texts you know mm -hmm. she's literally studying mm -hmm. you know and that's probably the most distinctive thing stylistically or whatever or the form of this book is mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. in this book this isn't really you know this isn't literary really mm -hmm. it's um it's doing it's political texts it's doing political trying to do political analysis um, trying to theorize somewhat a situation mm. um, with, I guess, and again, you you see this in tomatoes with with her desire to grow guess, her own, her own tomatoes. Yeah. With again, maybe a sort of a central thread, which is, I guess, the question of radical creation. Um, well, yes, yeah, so, insurrection or the I don't know the formation of the people, or when yeah. do when do rioters become yeah. sort of political subjects and political agents? There's one really interesting essay I think. Um, I was just reading it this past weekend. Basically, it was, it was just about I mean Annie Arnaud, who we spoke a bit about earlier, um, who I guess lived in this town Sergi, uh, which is one of the sort of the new suburbs um, north I guess north west of Paris and it's this very sort of futuristic town that was designed in like the sort of 70s 80s um, and basically I mean you have all these sort of postmodern sort of uh, mega structures that were designed in sort of a period of kind of French architecture um, left-wing sort of left-wing well, sort, of, yeah, sort of left-wing power exactly exactly the Mitterrand yeah. um, and she sort of re she's does this sort of interspersed essay on Annie Arnaud's writing mm -hmm. with sort of a reflection on kind of the high age of the socialist party it's the supposed high yeah, age sure. and what did it really produce sure which which she's totally she's... underwhelmed by it and thinks it's horrible more, I mean, she, I think she's seduced by, like, she talks about her uh, sort yeah, of yeah. surrealist childhood when she loves sort of ultra-futurism. Mm. But then it's all the walk around Sergi is sort of the graveyard of mm. this, like, sort of the, I don't know, high modernism mm. sort of is. Well, she's, I, 
you know, in that chapter, I guess one way of putting it would be that she does try to deal with some of the things that the left did create at times and why it wasn't better, why it hasn't impacted more. And of course, that's a sort of wider sure. way of talking about the Mitterrand years in general. Um, and so I think, yeah, there is in that chapter, you know, a, a sort of, like you say, disillusionment, a frustration uh, throughout the book to a certain extent as well. There's this frustration, a kind of blockedness, um, which kind of comes together in the last chapter of the uh, the book, the 2010s. Um, and the, this chapter is called Why Doesn't the Far Left Read Literature? And in this chapter, which, you know, I think was my favourite to read, I sort of, it was very, you know, of this book, um, she basically asks, and she's talking to herself, she's not talking from, oh, you stupid people, why don't you read literature? She's talking about herself, she's very explicit about that. And she sort of is referred, sort of criticises herself for the book that she's written, which is working on texts that already exist, you know, and kind of trying to learn from them, always putting yourself in the position of the student, you know, and kind of not confronting the problem of literature, of how to create literature. <clears throat> and so, you know, just to get into her head a bit in 2014, she was thinking, you know, why aren't we able to create new things that are going to be able to deal with this situation? Why aren't we be being able to create the institutions that can help us collectively organise in the new ways that we need to mm -hmm. and so on? Um, and, you know, I think that that, that sort of kind of task is taken up in various ways in the cavalier you know like because of course in a very just superficial way the object of the third book the cavalier is this commune this attempt to create something new you know that in the, in the 70s um and you know the way that she talks about it you know i mean she almost sets herself a task at the end of the second book, the 2010s, where she, um, she, she sets herself the task to try and write real literature, as she calls it, or actually to read more literature and create more literature. And then that's also what, you know, in many ways, what she does in like a, The Cavalier, you know, it's her most, it's definitely the most like developed of her style, if we can talk in such crude terms, you know, there's the auto-fiction but it's also in the archive that's sort of that juxtaposition, you know, the juxtaposition of these scenes that she extracts from the archive or from people's memory or conversations about this commune in the past that she like juxtaposes or intersperses or like kind of weaves through stuff that happened, you know, happened recently, the last few years. You know, she talks a lot about the yellow vests. She talks a lot about... Um, I'd say maybe not the most developed, but it is almost the most narrative of her mm. of her books, and the way that <clears throat> Tomat is like extraordinarily I don't know, sort of perspectival or yeah. fragmented yeah. and uh -huh. um, sort of almost a kaleidoscope. La Cavalière is sort of a, there is a narrative. It's almost you could even say it's almost La Cavalière is basically one. As a woman character. from yeah. the nineteen seventies, I think her name is like Nelly or something, yeah. right? Uh, who was, I guess, a sort of sort of pretty average um, sort of soixante or yeah, like sixty eight or from teacher sixty eight. Um, yeah, um, who I guess <clears throat> was from Paris, uh, okay. moved to this small town in in the southeast where Canton, I guess, mm -hmm. would later move to, um, and so she basically just got embroiled in 
sort of a, a local, I guess, scandal in the 1970s, um, mm-hmm. which sort of roughly result, re- revolved around sort of her saying some things in class, which pissed off some parents and then had her fired from the school. Yeah. And then she sort of had a petition um, to save her job. And I guess in amid the general backlash to sort of 1968's Maoism, sort of yeah. the general sort of or revolutionary moment. The kind of moral moments. panics around radicalism. Sure. The, the thing that she sort of deals with in this uh, book, which she doesn't deal with in the same way in the other books, is this question of backlash, mm. uh, the reaction uh and, you know, it's not for nothing that the object is this sort of attempted commune type thing that happened not at the height of 68, but like, what was it, 74, I think, um, uh, which is already, you know, there's already the, the, the sort of fading, not fading, but there's already, you know, you, this is not the heyday. This is people kind of going to the countryside to get away from a sense of maybe defeat of maybe kind of fizzling well, she spends out. a lot of time actually trying to figure out when that sentiment settled, sort of yeah. settled in and yeah, she, yeah. she basically a lot much of the book is structured but sort of around her discussions with mm-hmm. i guess the people who are still alive and who still live in this town these are mm-hmm. sort of her friends mm-hmm. uh people she's gotten to know over the years um and you have all these sort of she analyzes i guess quotes from their conversations mm-hmm. quotes from sort of letters they've exchanged um, and she, I mean, she has this real, she goes, she spends a lot of time really sort of picking apart or wondering if there was ever a period when there was this feeling that mm. the sort of political moment was receding or yeah. now in the background. It was now over. Um, and I guess maybe something that should also be said is that she juxtaposes this discussion of sort of the 68 through whenever in the 1970s period with, I guess, it's set against the backdrop and she discusses vignettes from sort of the Yellow Vest period in France, from the retirement reforms. Yeah. She actually describes one protest sort of that she went to yeah. uh, in Paris, which I think was the one right here on, on Boulevard de Oh, yeah, 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 um, yeah, 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 it was. It which was, was, I guess, for her, one of the first sort of protests she had gone to in sort of well, in many Paris, years I in guess, Paris. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And how for how she was just, I don't know, taken aback by just, like, yeah, May the Day. utter, like, please clamp down. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, as for the sort of task that she sets herself in the 2010s book, mm-hmm. uh, the book titled The 2010s, of sort of, like, trying to, you know, do create literature, um... You know, she has this line in The Cavalier, which, in which she sort of tries to define literature. Mm. And it's, you know, it sort of describes, I suppose, her motivation also for taking on this object, um, which is uh, sort of the excavation of things on which you fall precisely because they fall on you. And, you know, the in The Cavalier, like the fact she is literally sort of excavating the past you know is also a kind of way of moving on from something that she says in the second book which is you know she criticizes the left you know in the in the essay on why the extreme left doesn't read literature anymore she criticizes them her herself um for sort of having this kind of reminiscent retrospective mode of kind of always kind of like 
I don't know, of nostalgia of of and rather than sort of like being able to kind of kind of create something new, always remaining stuck with some past thing. And in the Cavalier, she precisely does go to the past, but she tries to do it in a way that isn't in this style of like sort of, sort of sentimentality. Sentimentality, yeah. I guess, because that's also something that you there is no sentimentality in the Cavalier, right, really. Right. You know, it's quite I mean, it's also so fragmentary. It's so kind of like, you know, she even leaves in her own mistakes, her own la- absences of knowledge as she writes. You know, she's mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't remember if, no, 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 or if that's his real name or whatever. You know, there's this sort of definite, I wouldn't say unfinished, but kind of like. Self doubting. Oh, I mean, she's. Uh, yeah, self doubting and also uncomplete, you know, because obviously it's finished. But incomplete. it's incomplete, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, a sort of incompleteness mm. that she tries to aestheticise, I guess, with her, with her style, this sort of fleetingness. It's sort of like a hummingbird, just like zipping around its object, mm. you know? Mm. And like, in the process, creating all these beautiful shapes and colours, but like, rarely, if at all, like, barely touching the actual object itself that she's mm. trying to sort of deal mm. with. You know, sort of, the, it's about a, a, a period of creation. It's, yeah, it's, it's about, about the attempt, the, the uh, previous attempt to build outside uh, of those cracks. Mm. Um, and you know what happens when you try and do that in many ways. You know, I mm. suppose the backdrop of the Cavalier really is the end of that kind of, the kind of rise and either plateau or fall of the kind of left wing challenges to the establishment which emerged kind of mm. following the crisis um and you know i suppose that yeah that's the political sort of backdrop tone of the book in many ways you know well you have that um, moment where in sort of as part of sort of her excavation and her sort of use of these i don't know seemingly banal conversations or scenes mm. she describes sort of one sort of two exchanges with her family like i don't know over sort of like christmas dinner or something and I know she talks about how for years, like when she would go home and talk about sort of, she had become the sort of cousin or aunt or whatever who spoke about revolution and would roll their eyes. Mm. And then like three weeks after the Ovests, Christmas Day, and like everyone around the Christmas table is talking about insurrection and, and revolution. And revolution. Um, so no, for her, it is the closest, I guess, of her lifetime that she has been to Mm. A period through a period mm. of insurrection and political creation, yeah. but it is. I mean, again, out in two thousand twenty-one. This is a book that she had been writing for, I guess, several years. It mm. came out sort of as she's wondering, and again, comparing with this sort yeah. of mid seventies period, yeah. is that sort of eruption of I don't know, the people or of sort mm. of some it, sort of creation or people. Uh, radical politics? Has that is that already in sort of the near paths in a way that's sort of comp- comparable to this community of people living in the Alps or in the mountains. Um, yeah, and, you know, the, there's this line in um, the 2010s where she's talking, you know, precisely about this question of a people rising up. Um, and she talks about how, like, how are we, you know, how how are we going to react when the people that rise up aren't the people that we expect? It is not a people, it's not the people that we knew mm, mm. and that we expect to be those to rise up. Not the literal people, but the shape that mm. the collective, the people mm. takes. 
And, you know, she sort of deals with that in various ways in The Cavalier, you know. She deals with the people that did rise up in mm. the 70s. And, you know, I think something that I really, really liked in The Cavalier is the way that she managed to capture the sort of precarity of it all, you know. Mm. Like in our sort of imaginaries, you know, the, the 60s, the 70s, you know, whether it's the students or the workers' movement or whatever, you know, these were like gargantuan upheavals, you know, you know, almost revolutions, you know, so close to being a revolution, May 68 and so on. Um, um, and, you know, what she manages to capture in this book is how precarious that all was. And, you know, I think the point we should end on uh, that the left should read more literature. I mean, I personally I am a culprit. You far less uh, than 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 me. And you know she's right. There's something you know the way that you know the, the line that she, the way that she describes what literature is in the Cavalier, which is as uh, excavating the things upon which you fall because they fall on you. Mm. I resonated a lot. You know that's what literature's for and. The left should read more literature if we want to create new things, I guess. You know, if we want to kind of deal with the question of creation. Uh, I don't know, maybe I'm getting a bit a bit soppy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's um, also, I mean, the, the, not just sort of large-term debate, but the real question is, like, I mean, what type of literature, what is sort of, mm. for her, a question that, I don't know, mm. keeps her up of all the time is what is a truly sort of emancipatory or creative literature. literature. Yeah. I mean, some of the funniest bits are her, yeah. I think, descriptions of sort of the literary, sort of, of, of literary life, of um, kind of, the, I don't know, do you say like the mundanity or the like, the glitziness of, of literature today and its incapacity to genuinely sort of give life to, I don't know, a new way of, of thinking and imagining politics or language um yeah. one of the one of the i was kind of touched like by reading ken Tenning, and i had read some of her books before but um i was reminded of this book that i read this summer which i don't know was just a really nice read and it's by sort of this french literary critic same sort of generation as Canton, who's she she's one of the editors at Le Monde Diplomatique, her name is Evelyn Piedier, uh, she wrote this really nice essay that came out this summer, which is basically about sort of the books that she loved as a kid and sort of that her, I don't know, that her mom made her sort of want to be curious about and want to read and watch. And these were sort of the classics of sort of French romanticism. Um, so you have like basically the essay is called like Mus Musketeers and Miserables. And so it's basically it's about sort of kind of the cultural weight in France of the Three Musketeers and mm. Les Miserables, um, mm. which sort of when she was a kid were sort of these these texts sort of defined kind of, I don't know, the, the Republican or sort of revolutionary imaginary mm. in, in French culture. Um, and the, I mean, Pierre's essay is about how sort of that know, literary impulse is so sort of foreign and so, so, I mean, has just sort of been, has sort of disappeared from, I don't know, French cultural creation uh, over the last maybe 20, 30 years. And she, I don't know, discusses a number of works and sort of gives 
something of a history um, uh, about that. I guess to maybe make Quentin sort of I don't know, respond to Pellier, and I, I really like Pellier's book, but I think she, and she obviously doesn't necessarily set out to actually define what that maybe aesthetic or what those types of works would look like. That is a question that really does almost obsess or occupy much of Cantin's writing. Mm-hmm. And one thing that, I don't know, is not necessarily a response to Pellier, who I think is much more subtle and wouldn't claim to say that, but Cantin has all these wonderful bits about, yeah, I mean, the, the I don't know, the, the, the sort of revolutionary subject, the emancipatory subject, the, mm-hmm. I don't know, insurrectionary actor mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. of today will have, will be completely or, or mm-hmm. extremely unrecognizable. Yeah. Sort the of pop, from the yeah. past and the language that describes that and can't the, be in sort of the language of sort of the past revolts mm-hmm. or sort yeah. of the past periods of mm-hmm. I know political intensity um, uh, I certainly enjoyed reading uh, books and, um, and talking uh, talking about uh, talking about Talking about her, her, her style. I mean, like, it's really so hard to even, I don't know, like, restitute it, you know, to, like, do justice to it or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, I was with, uh, I guess, a friend a few weeks ago, and I don't know, I, I, he saw, he hadn't heard of that of Canton and saw that I was reading it and just sort of wanted to flip through a bit. And mm-hmm. something, something that he said sort of struck me. Um, he said, like, this both feels, like, just reading, I don't know, he read, I think maybe 20 pages of Kevin of Cavalier or something, mm-hmm. and he said, this seems at the same time both, like, absolutely incredible and, like, extremely dumb, or maybe that's, yeah, that's sort of, I think, how we put it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, we were sort of discussing that, and sort of what we came around to is that, like, there is a certain, like, there is something that's extremely, almost naive or original, like, so original that it can maybe almost strike you as like naive mm. in the style and that it to me it is uh, her 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 books are sort of something that i feel like i actually just genuinely haven't read and yeah that's i mean exactly it's something it it's it it feels really i mean yeah i've never read anything like it yeah. i've never read anything like it and you know that's a great feeling. It's a great feeling reading something never read something like this before. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's a that's a good note on which to leave it. Yeah, I think Natalie Kenton is at the top of our bestseller list. It's not like <laughs> collected like four of her books. For French bashing <laughs> approved yeah. uh, bestseller list. <laughs> um, um, all right. So right. Let's, well, let's uh, call it there. Have a, have a nice, have a nice day. day or evening. Yeah. I don't know. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.